tried him and, and tested him. Which never works out for them. Yeah. Tested him by asking, is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? And he answered, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. This is God's word, and so before we jump in, I just want to acknowledge a few things. First, if you were here, uh, who was here last week for Daryl's sermon? Okay, so um, Daryl dealt with some, some heavy stuff last week. I was, I was watching online like, ooh. Um, and uh, <laughs> just want to acknowledge that the last, the last five-ish minutes of that w- was pure gold in that um, Daryl just said that you have to, have to follow Jesus uh, with perseverance until the end. You have to have someone who can sit down and look you in the eye and you guys can be totally honest with each other about um, what's going on in your life. And so I just wanted to reiterate that that was that was pure gold and, and worth the admission, whatever you paid to get in last week. Okay, second thing before we get in, uh, what we're going through today in the Sermon on the Mount, because uh, if, if you're new, we're just walking through Jesus' teaching in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 right now. Um, his words here are hard, okay? We know that Jesus' words about divorce here are hard by experience, one, and two, um, by the disciples' reaction to the words, which we'll see in a second. Third thing uh, that undergirds everything we say and, and do and preach and teach is that God's commands are for our good, okay? They are for our good, and so even what's hard today, and in the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, because it doesn't get easier um, is meant for our eternal satisfaction and our eternal joy and, and eternal life, okay, to inherit the, the kingdom of God. And last thing I know, we have many in our body here, uh, in our families, uh, in our friend groups uh, who have walked through the hell of divorce, okay? So it's not like this is not an ethereal, hey, imagine if someone got divorced. We, people do, okay? Um, that's life, and what matters most is not how we believed and how we've acted in the past, but what we believe and how we act right from this day forward, okay? Moving on. So last thing, I might need a little bit more time today, okay? So normally I get 28 to 32 minutes. I might need 32 to 37 minutes today. Are you good with that? Okay, all right, so let's get into it. Verse three, and the Pharisees came up to him and they tested him by asking, is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause, okay? So if you just read this cold, um, that would be kind of a weird question, right? Just to walk up to Jesus and say, hey man, what you think? Okay, um, but if you know that the background and the debate that's happening in the first century, um, it makes a lot of sense. So for instance, we live in 2021 America, and so if someone walked up to you today and you know, at the restaurant or grocery store or whatever and said, hey, what do you think about AR-15s? And you're an American, you know the debate, okay? You, you, could, you could say, well, I think this because this group says this for this reason and this group says this for this reason, okay? It's not like a random question. It's a live debate, right? People are always talking about that or, or, or other stuff, okay? So that, that you're, you're familiar with the discussion. So they're not coming at Jesus cold here, like out of the blue. I wonder what he thinks about divorce. No, it's a live thing. So, so in the first century, the question of divorce is, is out there. People are talking about it, and it's from the law in Deuteronomy 24. So we're going to read this. It's super weird. I won't spend a ton of time on it. Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 4. And I always, I always think this is hilarious, too. Like, 
God meets Israel at Mount Sinai, right? They're going to meet with the living God, and there's lightning and thunder, the mountain shakes and all that stuff, and he hands them legal code. <laughs> and some of it, like building, like Reese, like, Reese would be like, I'll take that, we're up to code here, you know what I mean? Right? Okay, so this is legal code that he gives them. He says, when a man takes a wife and marries her, if she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her, and he writes her certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house, and she departs from his house. And if she goes and becomes another man's wife, and the latter man hates her and writes a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house, or if the latter man dies who took her to be his wife, then her former husband who sent her away may not take her again to be his wife after she's been defiled, for that's an abomination before the Lord. Okay? So our 2021 Gentile ears look at that and go, what are you what what is going on here? Okay, so anyway, that's the law. Okay, and so there there's two schools. There's one school, the school of Shammai. They're interpreting Moses as saying indecency. If he puts her away because of indecency, that means your wife is unfaithful sexually. You can give her a certificate of divorce, and that's it. Okay, she can remarry. You can remarry. That that's the deal. That's pretty conservative, right? And pretty normal deal. She cheated on me. We're done. Okay. The school of Hillel, the, the other school, they say, no, 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 no. And, and you guys can read this in the Targums and like the actual, <laughs> no, no, no. Indecency means she burned your toast. Right? Not making it up. This is what the school, of, like this is in the Targum, okay? You can, if she burns your toast or she's not pretty anymore. Certificate, you're good. Put put her away. So that's the debate that's going on. Shalel, Hillel and Shammai are going, yeah, I think it's this. I think it's this. They come to Jesus. Shammai says this. Hillel says this. What say you, Rabbi? What say you, Jesus? Is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause, which would be Hillel, right? You can just put, put her away. So how does Jesus answer? Verse 4, he says, have you not read? Right? So that should trigger Sermon in the Mount, on the Mount stuff, because the whole time Jesus is saying, I didn't come to abolish the law and the prophet, but to fulfill them, to make them known, to carry them out. Okay? I'm going to give you the correct interpretation of uh, uh, Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy. I'm going to tell you what those things um, mean. So have you not read that he who created them from the beginning... Made them male and female, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, the two become one, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Okay? So Jesus says, oh, that's great, you guys have read Moses. You guys have read Deuteronomy 24, but you skipped Genesis 1.27. And you skipped Genesis 2.24. So if you want to know what I think about marriage, don't go to Hillel, don't go to Shammai, don't even go to Moses and the law, go back to the beginning. Like, that's my opinion on marriage, and so what did God lay down in the beginning? Okay, God's design and God's heart for marriage is one man, one woman, one flesh together forever, and it's God who does this. Okay, how many of you guys have like been to a wedding before? <laughs> right? Okay, some of my some of my I remember years my wedding and funeral crowd. Like I see, <laughs> see you guys once a week. Um, <laughs> And and that's it's a miracle. Every wedding is a miracle because I got I'm standing here. I got one person and one person, and they say some stuff, and we do that before God. And now there's another thing here that didn't exist before. You know what I mean? Like two become like it, it's really cool. It's 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 a miracle. Okay, so Jesus' first answer to their question is: God has joined this together, and and why are we talking about ripping apart what God has joined together? Right? Any cause. Are you serious? So he's mocking the other group, okay? 
He's saying, no, if you burn your toes, that, no, God join us together. Don't, don't rip this apart. He's refuting Hillel's school, but he's also going deeper than Shammai's school, okay? So the main point today, and, and I, this is, we're going to get into a lot of weird stuff today and, and hard stuff today. So don't get lost in the weeds. Just get this. God created marriage. And those who are married should hold and honor it with all of their heart and all of their soul and all of their mind and all of their strength. That's Jesus' heart for marriage. And that should be your heart for marriage. Today, okay, don't care about what happened yesterday or 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Today, if you are married, you are married to the right person. Okay? You love them with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Okay? And that's Jesus' like... Any cause. God joined this thing together. Two have become one flesh. We're not... Why are we talking about this? Okay? That's Jesus' first answer. We shouldn't be talking about this because it was never meant to be that way. Okay? And I don't know... This is something me and Derek talked about a lot when we were trying to figure out what does the Bible teach here. It's super confusing. We were talking about it. It's super confusing because it wasn't meant to be. Just like death. Okay, when someone dies that we love, um, we're we're sad and we're mad and we, you know, going through all this stuff. But one thing that comes with every death of someone you love is confusion. You're just like, what is going on here? The reason death is so confusing is because we weren't supposed to die. Okay, I know our our our, our mind. You know, we're we're just integrated with evolution twenty four seven. Just everything dies and it just goes on. Like that's not how things were supposed to be. We were not supposed to die. Okay? And in the age to come, we will stop dying. <laughs> and, and the same thing with marriage. Like we, the, Divorce was not meant to be a thing, and so it's, we're just confused how we, how we grapple and, and deal with it. Anyway, his second answer to the first is, what are we talking about? Okay? His second answer to the question is, is the one that's hardest to hear. So I'll read it, make a statement, and clarify that statement, or preach a sermon. <laughs> Verse 7, they said to him, well, then why did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and send her away? Note they use the word command. He said to them, well, because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. Okay? So Jesus corrects them. He says Moses didn't, didn't say you can get divorced over indecency. He permitted it, though. He, he allowed it because your hearts are hard and humans are the worst. Right? <laughs> like that's just how it is verse 9 and I say to you so here's the second answer whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another um, commits adultery so first answer don't separate what God has joined together second answer divorce and remarriage is almost always adultery most of us don't need to hear any more than this this was all the Bible we had. We could obey Jesus and move on. And so before we get into more technical scenarios and, and Paul's, you know, kind of help with this, I just want this to weigh on us. Like this is the teaching of the Lord Jesus. One, don't separate what God has joined together. And divorce and remarriage is almost always adultery. And that's heavy and that's hard. It was hard for them. It's hard in the 21st century. Like it, it's hard. So don't just move, read that, okay, and, and move past it. This is, this, this is Jesus speaking, not Moses coming down with God's commands, God giving the commands, okay? Hillel and Shammai both said, okay, both of their schools both said that divorce is valid in some cases and remarriage is fine 
after that, right? You got divorced, whether for a Hillel reason or a Shemaiah reason, you burn your toast. You just got remarried. It's just the cycle of what you did. And Jesus disagrees with both schools. And he says, no, that's actually adultery. That's what he says. Okay, this is what the Bible says. And so this explains the disciples' reaction to Jesus breaking with the different schools. Verse 10, the disciples said to him, after he's just said this, if such is the case of a man with his wife, okay, the case being uh, divorce and remarriage for any reason except immorality being adultery, if that's the case, they said, it's just better not to marry. Like, we're just not going to get married at all, right? They're like, that, Jesus, that's so intense. Like, we thought Shammai was intense. You're intense. We should just not get married, okay? So why do they say this? Why, why are they, like, taken aback at what their teacher has just said? Because if what Jesus is saying is true, right? And at CLC, we kind of say yes, okay? What Jesus says, we're going to, okay, that, that's the truth. If, if that's true, and they get stuck in a bad marriage, okay, where, where the, the spouse, you know, uh, lets themselves go, wants nothing to do with them physically, in Shemai's case, can't cook, okay? Or in that culture, which is really common, okay? You can go back and read, really common in that culture if, if the spouse, if they're unable to conceive, okay? So if, if that time, if you were married and you can't conceive, and it's been about seven to ten years, the cultural expectation is, oh, dude, write a certificate of divorce, put her away, get, get someone that can birth, okay? Like that's just, that's in the water there. That, that's the normal culture. So if you're in a marriage... And any of that's going on, the cooking, they don't like you anymore, can't have kids, Jesus says you are stuck in that thing. Okay? And so they're taken aback. Like, what do you mean? So Jesus answers them. He said to them, not everyone can receive this saying, but only those to whom it is given. For there are eunuchs who have been so from birth. Okay? Um, there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Um, let the one who is able to receive it, receive it. Okay, so eunuchs there, he's not talking about like legit eunuchs. Um, he's, <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't have done the hand motion. Um, he's, he, he's talking about people who have heard this teaching from Jesus, and they're not... They're just, okay, I'm just not going to get married, right? Paul, we'll get into this in Paul in a second. For the sake of the kingdom, okay? Because Paul's like, hey, you want to serve God? That's great. Uh, you can serve God a lot easier and a lot better if you're not married, right? Because you've got less stuff going on. But if you need to get married, get married. That's awesome too, like, okay? So eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. So he says, if you can't handle the prospect of getting stuck in a bad marriage and staying single if that marriage is ended for a reason outside of sexual morality, Jesus says, then don't get married. And that's fine. Don't get married. If you can receive my teaching about marriage and divorce and remarriage, then receive it, okay? Because receiving it would mean getting married and staying mar married no matter what with the exception that he gave. But if you can't receive that, if you just cannot fathom getting into a marriage where you like just don't like each other anymore and you're stuck in it, then Jesus says, okay, then don't get married. This is my teaching for those who can receive it. Either get married and be stuck or just don't get married at all. Like that's, these are the options um, Jesus gives. And, then, and this is the instruction that, that I want to give this morning is you get married and you stay married. Okay? And generally, remarriage after divorce is adultery, generally. Okay? I know there are exceptions. We're going to go through those. But in modern culture, we have, we have expanded the exceptions to stretch to mean whatever we want them to mean. Okay? Essentially, to, to the Hillelite position. We still love each other anymore. 
Okay, we're, we're more roommates than spouses. He insulted me. She doesn't pay attention to me. Or the, the American version, I found a new model and upgraded. Okay, and if that has been us in the past from this day forward, no more. No more. Our marriages or our decisions to stay single for the sake of the kingdom have to show the world that we believe what God says about marriage in Genesis 1 and 2. Two have become one, but God has joined together. We're not going to separate. And that we believe what Paul teaches about marriage in, in, in Ephesians 5, that you husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Lay down your life and serve and sacrifice for them. Wives, submit to your husbands as Christ. Like, we have to show the world we believe these things. Which brings us to Jesus' third answer to their question. We kind of already hit it. Then they said to him, Why then did Moses command one to give a certificate and send her away? And Jesus said, Because your hearts are hard. Okay? But from the beginning, it wasn't so. So just pretty clear, right? God, God wasn't for divorce. Okay? In God's heart, in the beginning, he's not like, Can't wait for this to happen. Okay? Jesus is not for divorce. Moses wasn't for divorce. Moses giving that law isn't like, this is awesome. And people who have been through divorces are not for divorce. You know what I mean? Nobody on their wedding day is thinking about, can't wait to go through this hell later down the road. But God permitted Moses in the law to allow divorce to regulate a bad thing. Okay? We do this all the time in, in modern life, okay? So you have children learning to ride, ride a bike. Are they going to wreck? Yeah, okay? And I know the analogy will break down, so don't press it too hard. But they're going to wreck, and that's a bad thing. Okay, not really, but just go with the analogy. They're going to wreck. That's a bad thing. And so as a loving parent, you put a helmet on them to relegate a bad thing that's going to happen, Okay? Does that make sense? I want, they're supposed to be married. Their hearts are hard. They're going to get divorced. Putting the law here to show them how will actually help regulate a bad thing. Does that make sense? It's the kindness of God uh, in, in Deuteronomy 24. So if, you, you know, I, if you're interested, I got – I read way too much about marriage and divorce and remarriage this week. Okay. Deuteronomy 24, if you do a deep dive on it, the purpose of that law is to protect the woman. Because if she were to, I won't, I won't go into that, sorry. It's to protect the divorced woman from being taken advantage of by that first man again. That's why she can't go back to him because he'll take all of her money again, but that's whatever. Okay, so main point here that, that Jesus is making. Don't rip apart what God has joined and remarriage after divorce is almost always sinful, which brings us back to the Sermon on the Mount, right? Because if you were here um, two weeks ago, if, if you remember what Jesus is doing in the Sermon on the Mount. And, and pardon my French, he's saying, cut the crap, Israel. You're keeping the law outwardly. Good job, okay? That's wonderful. Oh, you wrote a certificate of divorce and you're lawful. Great. It's not great, right? That's what Jesus is like. I can see through all your games. It's not enough that you, you know, it's, it's, you think divorce is okay as long as you do it according to the outward aspects of the law, right? Look, I got my certificate, Jesus. It's fine. And so in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, it's been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate. But I tell you, anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality makes her the victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Like, yes, according to the law. Technically, it looks like you can divorce your wife as long as you give her a certificate. Technically, you're following the law of Moses. Good job. But is that what God's after? 
Like, is, is God's point that they just follow these rules? No! God's after truth in the inward parts. You know, David, after he sins with Bathsheba, he comes to God and he says, What? I know you don't, you don't even want to sacrifice, okay? Or I would give it. If you just wanted to sacrifice for this thing, I would give it, Psalm 51. But he says, I know you actually desire truth in the inward parts. You desire real repentance from my guts, from my heart for this thing. And this is the Sermon on the Mount. It's not enough that you don't just actually murder someone outwardly. Right? You kept the law. Good job. You didn't kill anyone. He says, don't hate inwardly. That's the spirit of the law. That's the point of the law. Last week, Daryl's sermon, it's not enough that you not out, outwardly, actively get in the bed of someone who's not your spouse. Great, you didn't actually do that. Don't lust inwardly. You know what I mean? Like, Because this is the Pharisees, they're coming to him saying, look how holy we are, we're keeping the law. And Jesus looks through all that stuff and says, your hearts are wicked and hard. And if you don't repent and turn to God, you get a lake of fire. Right? That's, like, this is how the Gospel of Matthew starts, right? John the Baptist shows up and says, hey, the guy coming after me, he's going to baptize you guys who are repentant in the Spirit, and you guys who aren't and want to do pretense and all your stuff, he's going to baptize you with fire. He's going to gather the wheat into the barn, and he's going to put the chaff into, into the fire. That's what he's saying here. That's Because they're, you know, I can get divorced, I can get divorced, I can get divorced. It's lawful, okay? It's not enough to, to, to find a, a newer model or version of your wife and write the certificate and still be lawful in in, in the heart in, in god's eyes that's adultery okay marriage is, is jesus is saying marriage is not a contract to be canceled when no longer convenient which is how they were treating the law of moses it's a covenant relationship that calls for sustained faithfulness okay they're getting divorced left and right for any cause in their view and they think they're righteous according to the law and Jesus says, no, Moses would whack you upside the head. And I'm doing it now. Cuts through all of their pretense. Okay. So with all of that in view, Hillel and Shammai, the setting and the purpose of the Sermon on the Mount. Like, look how good we are, Jesus. No, you're not. And, and God's idea of one man and one woman forever. I now want to look at the exceptions um, to, to this. Okay, for divorce and remarriage. Ellis, you guys picked a good Sunday. So I want to point out real quickly, um, one, that divorce is real, okay? And a marriage can actually be dissolved. So there, there's teaching out there that says that divorce isn't, like, it's metaphysically impossible. And, and that's just not true, okay? So here's why that's wrong. First, Moses, the whole point of Deuteronomy 24 is that the marriage is actually broken, and the wife can actually marry a new husband, and even another one after that. So that first marriage is dissolved. Jesus said in Matthew 19, What God has joined together, let not man separate, indicating man can separate it. Okay? It's actually dissolved. And then Jesus in John chapter 4 to the woman at the well, she says, you know, I don't have a husband. And he says, that's right. You've had five husbands. Um, and the one you have now is not your husband. Right? And Jesus didn't say, you've had one husband and four adulterous non-husbands. He says, you had five, meaning the, the divorce is real, okay? The marriage was actually dissolved, and we're going to look at Paul um, in a second. So I'm just saying this, divorce actually ends a marriage, okay? Um, so exceptions to that would be death. I won't deal with that this morning. You can read 1 Corinthians 7 or Romans 7 if, if the spouse dies. 
Um, and then sexual immorality. So Matthew 19, 9. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. So sexual morality in marriage is grounds for a legitimate divorce and a legitimate remarriage after. Sexual immorality permits, it doesn't require, okay? doesn't mean you have to do this. It permits a divorce and a remarriage. So that's the first exception to the rule. Well, God is joined, don't separate. And so if this is all the Bible that we have, our understanding would be that all divorces outside of sexual morality were unlawful, and, and remarriage that occurred after were also unlawful, if that's all the Bible that we had, okay? But we have more Bible than that, and, and here we go, 1 Corinthians 7. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, just a couple verses. It says, if the unbelieving partner um, separates or deserts or, or leaves or abandons, let it be so. In such cases... The brother or sister is no longer enslaved. So in Corinth, uh, like in the, the diaspora with Peter, the women are following Jesus more quickly than the men. Okay, First Peter three, and so this was pretty common. And so in the, the setting of First Corinthians, they're saying, "Hey, I'm following the Messiah now. My husband's not. Should I divorce him?" Okay, or, or a, a live question then too is like, we should not have sex, right? Because he's unholy and we don't want to, you know, I want to be able to approach the synagogue and the temple and all this stuff. And Paul writes back and says, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't divorce your husbands. Love your husbands. Don't, don't run out, okay? And, and fight for your marriage, you believing spouse, so that by your conduct, your godly conduct, you might win your spouse to the Lord. All right, so that, that's the setting there. But Paul, Paul says here, if the husband deserts, the unbelieving husband deserts. The wife is not enslaved. She's not bound. If he abandons her, she's free to remarry. This time to a believer, though. Does that make sense? Don't get into the same mess you just got out of. She's not free to marry an unbeliever. And neither are single believers. Okay? Like if you come to my office to do our wedding, homeboy, you know, doesn't know who Jesus is. No. And you, I mean, you can go somewhere else, but... So, those two exceptions, sexual morality and desertion, those have been universally accepted by God's people forever. It's like, it's like codified in the, the Westminster Confession of Faith for Presbyterian. Like, that's that. Um, however, I believe the scripture gives us grounds for other exceptions uh, as well. Okay? Because the law does this. So, in the law, right, if you were to, to read Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, um, you find pretty clear things. Uh, but when Jesus starts teaching about the law, he gives exceptions to the law, and I think the reason for that is preservation of life. Okay, so um, the, you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath, right? But Jesus says if your horse gets stuck, or your donkey gets stuck, or your ox gets stuck, what do you do? Do you follow the law? You go get your donkey. You go get your donkey. Because it's not about the Sabbath. The Sabbath's made for man. You need to preserve the life um, of that donkey. The law says that only the priests can eat the showbread, right? Well, David shows up at the temple, and he's starving. Who eats the showbread? David, right? Because he's not supposed to eat it. But the weightier matters of the law says, oh, we need to preserve this person's life, okay? Uh, you go into a, a lot of the New Testament. Obey the government unless... They tell you to disobey God. So you see what I'm saying? Preservation of life and honoring the Lord. We know what the law says, but we're to, with our brothers and sisters 
and, and elders seek the Holy Spirit and ask for wisdom and discernment on these things, okay? So, you know, God forbid that, that our, we have people in our body who are walking through and discussing and thinking about divorce. Should that come up, okay? Should that come up, don't make that a decision. Talk to your brothers and sisters, talk to your elders, and we'll work through some of these things. Paul says in such cases, indicating there's, there's more going on. We need to trust the Spirit for that. Okay. I'm sorry if I was everywhere this morning. This, it's a hard um, subject. So, what do we do? So what? If you've been illegitimately divorced and therefore illegitimately remarried, I can't emphasize this enough. Give all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength to that marriage. There's teaching out there that says if you were illegitimately divorced and therefore illegitimately remarried, you should divorce and go back to the first spouse. And I would just tell you, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't sin twice. To You know what I'm saying? Love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength by loving your spouse till death do you part. Okay? So if you got remarried wrongfully, now you're married rightfully. But also, to that same scenario, acknowledge your sin and repent. You may have already done that. Wonderful. So now, move on. Don't live in shame. Don't live in condemnation. The blood of Jesus washes you clean. He's saying, now my debt is paid, paid in full. Okay? Like, so no shame, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Last thing to those who are presently married. Fight for your marriage now. Like today, this, this second. Like, I know Daryl told like 20 stories last week of like, oh my gosh. Okay? Fight for your marriage now. Nobody, on their wedding day, nobody woke up this morning even thinking, you know what, I'm going to make some decisions this week and, and this month and this year that are going to lead to a divorce. No one wakes up thinking that, but we still get divorced, okay? Nope, nobody thinks they're going to get divorced and then they wake up one day and they are. So I'm saying crucify daily your flesh. Daily offer your body as a living sacrifice to God and kill every selfish desire in you that would lead to a divorce, to an unlawful divorce, okay? I'm not saying that's, that's easy, like, you know, you've probably heard this said, like, God didn't give marriage to make us happy, but to make us holy. I mean, I, I knew I was selfish. I knew I was really selfish after I got married. And, and parents, I imagine you have kids, you really find out how selfish you are. It's God's training ground for us. So I, again, you can't answer every question here in, in 30 minutes, but God's design for marriage is that it's one man, one woman, together, forever. What God is doing together, don't let us separate. And the second thing I want to drive home today is the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Okay, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our sin from us. So whatever the last 40 years, 10 years, five years have looked like for you in regards to divorce and remarriage and adultery and the whole bit, today we're going to come here <laughs> and remind ourselves that a Passover lamb was slain for the sins of the world, which would include mine, would include yours. Okay, just because you start teaching about this, talking about this, 
and uh, you walk out of here with a heavy load on your back that's not from the Lord. Okay? Sermon on the Mount is not difficult to understand, but it is hard to follow, and so we have to cry out for the Spirit to help us. So I'm going to do that now, and then uh, George will lead us in communion. So, Father, we ask you for help. Um, God, first ask you for those who are um, presently married. God, that you would send the Spirit. um, God, to be heavy on them to overcome them, to daily teach them and train them um, in righteousness, daily teach them and and train them uh, to love one another. God, daily teach husbands to lay down their life for their spouses, as Christ does for the church, for spouses to submit to their husbands as the church submits to Christ. In love, in, in, in service, God, I ask for our marriages to, to be that uh, Philippians 2, Philippians 3 that, that lowers themselves, goes low to serve and love. God, I ask you for our mouths. God, I ask that the words that come out of our mouth concerning our spouses would be uh, edifying words, upbuilding words. God, uh, uh, Ephesians 5, God, that the, the words would not uh, cut and bite, but would build and edify. God, help our marriages. Help us trust the Lord with our marriages. God, I pray for those who have, who have been divorced or remarried after divorce. God, that you would bring them uh, first, if they haven't yet, to repent. And then, God, I ask you for the love of God to be real. For the forgiveness of God to be real. As far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed their sin for them. They would behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And believe, God, Romans 5, Romans 6, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. At the right time, at the right moment, Christ died for the ungodly. Lord, I ask that you would remove any shame, any uh, unjust condemnation, any heaviness that's not from you. And now just as a congregation, I just want us to pray for um, <laughs> for marriages in, in, in general um, in the church. God, I ask that uh, from this day forward, the world would get a picture of what you're like through believing marriages. God, that we would be billboards for this uh, imperfectly. God, that our marriages would be a testimony to the mercy of God, to the love of God, to the forgiveness of God. Ask you for the Spirit to do that. In the name of Jesus, everyone said.